cliffcentral.com. You're listening to The Bounce Show with Byron Karpinski. I'm Hugh Bladen, and it's on clivecentral.com. Um, it's Cliff Central, Blades, and it's Ben Karpinski. Why did you tell me? Ben Karpinski on cliffcentral.com. You don't do what your heart wants to. You never listen to it, no, no. You never listen to it, no, no. That's the trouble. Packed month of January is all done, pretty much. Well, we got one day to go, but let's not pick and choose over that one. What a month it has been! It's been incredible from a cricket perspective. It's been amazing from a football perspective. Um, I don't know what I could possibly say about the tennis, other than the fact that it was probably the greatest Grand Slam I think any of us ever seen in our lifetime. There's been some rugby th- stuff as well. There's been a fair amount of golf. This show, this week, right here on the Bound Show, is all about recapping what was January. The Knox with Trouble is the opening song this week. I think ideally what I want to do with this show is actually make a lot more music. There's something so fun about sitting here in the studio with like really good sound, just hitting good tunes. Anyway, that's not what you're here for, though. You're here for the amazing sports. So what I'm going to do from now on, as I said, these these ongoing show improvements are going to keep coming. So at the end of every single month, we're going to have a big recap, okay? So every day here on the Cliff Central, I work on the Gareth Cliff Show. I do all the sports. So every day I'm doing sport already. So I just tabulate everything that's big and everything that's happened. And then every end of the month, we'll catch up on everything. So January, let's start with rugby then, shall we? Um, as we know, there's no real playing going on at the moment because everyone's gearing up for Super Rugby. Everyone's gearing up for the Six Nations. Everyone's gearing up for, well, I wouldn't say gearing up for Springbok Rugby because they that's still a bit of a sore topic right now. People are still kind of scarred from 2016 or what a horrible year it was. Of course, there were just four wins from 12 games. So, on the thing as we are going to start with the Springboks, um, rather start now and then everything will be okay after that. Uh, Johan, sorry, Alyssa Garcia has been given a few months to kind of prove himself. So basically, he's been given the French internationals. So the French come out here in June, and, uh, well, it, you know, if you look at it on paper, it's a good opponent to have because they're not that great nowadays. They're even less great when they travel. But we thought the same of an understrength Irish team, which went on to then beat us with 14 men at Newlands. So we are in the age of Springbok Rugby where you take nothing for granted. You expect very little. And unfortunately, everything's a bit of a bonus after that. So um let's not dwell on that, though. See, you want to talk rugby, and before you know it, it's like, oh, doom and gloom. But it's not going to be that way. The new tackle law was trialed uh, first in Northern Hemisphere. And, of course, we're going to see it in action in Super Rugby. It's still a little bit too early to really see if it's going to change the game to any great degree. I know that Northern Hemisphere Rugby gets played and everyone talks about it as a real big deal. 
Um, I'd rather reserve judgment until I see something being thrown out in the Southern Hemisphere. So I can't say a lot much more on that. Um, Brendan Fenter, who was the sort of architect of the demise of the box in Italy as the Italian defensive coach slash SA rugby and Darba leader. Yeah, nobody can ever ever work that one out. He's extended his contract uh, to stay at Italy for the 2019 World Cup. So, um, as Garcia might, as obviously what I was saying about him keeping his job is that he'll probably get stronger assistant coaches coming in. And uh, Brendan Fenter was certainly someone who was mentioned like that, as is Rusty Erasmus. Whether that Rusty Erasmus will um, inclusion will materialize, that's also for speculation. Other big news from the rugby, new, rugby world was Johan Kursen and that farcical retirement of his. Uh, so basically he signed a contract extension. I, I won't go into the full story because it's just, it's just crap really. It's just a, a prime example of a young talent who's been totally manipulated by a money grabbing agent. I mean, let's just say Johan Kursen isn't the sharpest tool in the shed. That's not me being horrible. That's just me hypothetically saying he isn't. The fact that these agents are so unscrupulous and they're always kind of stuck with these, uh, these deals because Johan Kursen is just one rugby player, okay? He's currently young. He's like mid-20s. But there'll be another guy like him in, in the minds of agents in a few years' time. So they just try to wring as much money out of these guys as possible. If their careers fall to, fall to crap after that, well, they just move on. Johan Kursen, though, just an example of bad management. And um, he then kind of left France. But interestingly, that some footage has, has emerged of these French journalists basically trying to f- track him down for a comment while he's here in South Africa. This is so bizarre. So these French journalists from Canal Plus, they they went and wanted to find out about this whole Johan Kursen farming kind of uh, angle. And yeah, he is there. What makes the story worse, though, is that... <laughs> seriously, you can't make this up. Uh, last week, he accidentally shot his friend in the ankle with a hunting rifle. So not only is all of this controversy about what's happening off the field, rugby-wise, as far as contracts are concerned, there's now a hunting accident to go with that. So this poor dude... Such a tremendous rugby talent, um, but yeah, it's all going awry for him at the moment. Western Province, we all knew they were in financial uh, doggy doo-doo, and uh, it seems that Remgrow has invested massively in Western Province now. So the point where people are saying that you know it's going to become a majority stakeholder thing, which is obviously going to happen, and uh, then we've got some really interesting people who are then going to be running Western Province rugby. Johan Rupert's name comes to mind because, as you know, he is one of the richest men in South Africa. And uh, he's a massive sports fan, but like to the point of borderline fanboy at times. I mean, he knows everybody in the world, obviously being so heavily involved in the Laureus Awards. There isn't a person that he's not on a first name basis with or knows pretty well. So this can only mean a good thing for Western Province because the guys who've been running it up until now, well, they've just, they're an embarrassment, actually. They're an embarrassment of sport, they're an embarrassment to themselves. So this is only a good thing. So. Although you don't want to see Western Province going through horrible financial problems because they're a massive union in this country. Um, what can happen from that? Well, that's going to be a pretty good thing, I hope. Um, last bit of rugby. Well, we've had a brilliant um, Sevens. Sevens campaign just completed in Wellington. So the Blitzbox, they haven't won this since 2003. You remember last year, famously, uh, they played against nine New Zealanders, actually. I know it's Sevens, so you should only have seven. But when you work out that Paddy O'Brien's uh, son or whatever was refereeing, refereeing terribly, and then these uh, Kiwis had the destiny to actually put eight guys on the field for a moment of play. So anyway, this time the Blitzbox Sevens team beat Fijian Sevens team. Sevens, a key word here. Just can't ever forget that, New Zealand. So they won that one. First time in 2003. This, this Blitzbox team right now is looking so good. They, they hammered Fiji twice in one tournament. They were just head and shoulders by everyone else. And you kind of thought last year, if a couple of passes went to hand here or there, they were always the best team. They really, really were. So now they're taking their chances and they're way ahead on the overall standing so far. So for this season, three finals, two wins, such an unfortunate loss in Cape Town where they're up against England. They lost uh, Sibelis Nutler for that one. And then Sibelis Nutler, in what might be his last tournament, when you think about his sort of trip now to the 15-man game, he's dominated the sevens game for so long. Well, I say so long, he's still so young. 
But uh, he's got 180 tries now, so he has passed Fabian Jury's record. He is now the all-time Blitzbok try scorer. 180 tries. Absolutely amazing. He scored in the final against Fiji, which could be a fitting send-off. So, Neil Powell and his men, top of the world, top of the rugby world right now, and probably top of all all the rugby stories when you think about it in greater scheme of things. People are going to be very apprehensive about Super Rugby, even more so against about the Springbox. So as long as the Sevens are still going strong, well, that is a good thing. On to football. So what happened in the month of January in football? Well, Liverpool imploded. There's no other way to say it. They just literally imploded. If you look at the Premier League log on the 8th of Jan, right, it read, number one, Chelsea. Okay, Chelsea had just lost their first game in a long, long time. They lost to Spurs on the 4th of Jan. So that kind of held them back a bit, but still a five-point lead. And there was Liverpool, 44 points. Third place was Spurs on 42. Fourth place, Man City, 42. Fifth place was Arsenal on 41. And sixth place was Man United on 39. Fast forward to today. And Chelsea, they're still ahead. So they haven't played much, okay? So there's been, not two games between them. Chelsea at 55. Arsenal, 47. Spurs, 46. Liverpool, all of a sudden, they're down in fourth on 45 points. They managed one point in this whole month. And Man City 43, Man United 41. So Liverpool looks like they're going to be falling out of this title race because Spurs are looking solid. Man City's only going to get stronger. Arsenal, they've also got a new sort of lease of life. And Chelsea are just so far ahead anyway. So yeah, Liverpool can make the top four here. It's looking like a big deal. But they were still in the Cups. They were still in the English League Cup. They were still in the FA Cup. Well, they were sort of held by Plymouth at home, which was really embarrassing for them in the third round of the, of the competition. They then went on to beat Plymouth, but then they had Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yeah, the name says it all, really. So they lost to Wolves over the weekend. So now they are out of the FA Cup. Uh, the League Cup, all they had to do was beat Southampton. Nope, couldn't do that either. So they're out. Uh, Man United, while that was going on, were beating Hull. So the English League Cup final will be 26th of Feb, and it'll be Man United versus Southampton. So while Man United were doing this, uh, Wayne Rooney went on to beat Sir Bobby Charlton's Man United scoring record. Um, he sort of leveled it up with a ball, just sort of hit his knee by mistake, but then his actual goal was a real, real perler. So he has now eclipsed Sir Bobby Charlton. So as much as people mock Wayne Rooney or they have various things to say about him, to beat a guy like Sir Bobby Charlton, that is just absolutely incredible. And uh, he will go down as probably the greatest, although everyone will still say that Eric Cantona was the greatest Man United player. Wayne Rooney, the most prolific, and it's a record that will now stand uh, in history that he has eclipsed that. I can't see many other guys playing uh, playing that and beating that because I don't see that many people playing at Man United for this long. When you think of the turbulence of the transfer markets and how people generally going for the paydays uh, to get as many cap as Wayne Rooney, let alone all the goals, can't see it happening. So just to get back to the FA Cup quickly, uh, all the big teams basically threw. It was just Liverpool who sort of limped out. The big story so far, though, is fifth-tier clubs, Sutton and Lincoln City. They're the ones that have gone through. So the first-round draw will take place today, which is uh, 30th of January. So basically, I'll put a blog post together as well for all of this. So every single month, we'll have exactly what went down, exactly what to look forward to, and just to recap. So you always know where you are in sport, and at the end of the year, we can really just have a good recap. So Spurs are through, Chelsea through, Arsenal through, Man City through, Man United through, uh, Leicester, well, you thought they could do something at some stage. They lost a few players to AFCON. They were really actually hindered by that, and their league form, just terrible. FA Cup, they've drawn with Derby. They've got to play a replay against them. It's just, you know, we all knew they were going to plateau quite badly this season, but... Well, the state there are now, it's not good at all. Quickly, Afcon is still in progress. Semi-finals, Burkina Faso versus Egypt. So Burkina Faso won their group, and then they beat uh, Tunisia quite comfortably. Egypt did the same against uh, Morocco, and then Ghana beat Democratic Republic of Congo, and then Cameroon beat Senegal in penalties. That is a really, really good thing there. So that is Afcon currently taking place. On to cricket. Well, it was just Colpac, Colpac, Colpac. That's what basically defined the start of this year. Russell Domingo never heard from Riley Rousseau. Riley Rousseau then sent him literally an email from his iPhone. It is the worst way to ever resign. It's like getting broken up with a text message back in the 90s. Um, so yeah, Carl Abbott is also gone, but his reasoning was a lot more sound anyway. He doesn't want to be a bib-wearing player you know, in his 30s. So he got the opportunity and he's gone. So those are two big things. SA not coming unstuck in the test series because Sri Lanka were pretty piss poor, so they blew them away. Straight clean sweep there. 
There was no Ubuntu Villiers for any of the test matches, and they won't be again for the test matches, even in England and New Zealand, because he decided he's not going to retire from test match cricket, but he wants to manage his schedule because 2019 World Cup, the ODI tournament, is what he's looking for long term. So obviously huge mixed responses around that one. Some people are saying, you know, you're entitled to do whatever you want. Um, me being one of those people. Other people are saying, you know, no one's bigger than the team. This is setting a dodgy precedent going forward for other players. Yes, that is correct to a certain degree. But you tell me where another Abby de Villiers is. And you've got to think that the guy's given so much. He's taken on so much. He's so embedded in this whole process of SA cricket. If he has a way that's going to utilize himself best for it, well, then we've got to believe it. That's my personal opinion. Uh, while that was taking place, um, he did come back to the third uh, T20 match. But the Sri Lankans won the T20 series quite famously. They won it uh, a, a strange match of the Wanderers after a 10-over match they lost to the Centurion. And then at Newlands, they somehow got 180, which was bloody brilliant, actually. Really, really good for them. And big confidence booster, which was absolutely shot again when they lost the first ODI over the weekend by eight wickets in PE. So Angelo Matthews is in there. He had to go home. He's buggered up his leg. Uh, so it looks like the ODI for Sri Lanka is going to go terribly. Um, 5-0. Sure. Why not? Uh, while this was happening, Pakistan were being thrashed in every single possible format in Australia. Uh, more call packs were signed. And uh, New Zealand are currently hosting Australia in an ODI series, the first match that took place today. What an absolute thriller. New Zealand coming away with it, but try to get some highlights on that one. Of course, SA go to New Zealand next uh, next month in February, so that's lots to look out for. That's your crickets. A quick little wrap-up of your golf. Uh, Rory McIlroy got new clubs. He then uh, committed to the SA Open. He got to the SA Open. He somehow made it into a playoff, despite the fact that he had a stress fracture in his rib. Lost the playoff to Graham Storm, who hadn't won on the, on the uh, European Tour for 10 years. McIlroy, after that, was then ruled out until March. So he's missed the entire uh, UAE swing, the desert swing, uh, which is hugely disappointing for him because now that really screws up his master's preparations because that's where he always starts the, his uh, season. Justin, Justin Thomas, on the other hand, on the US PGA Tour, well, he won both times in Hawaii, and he shot 59 at the Sony Open, which included a new scoring record. How about this? He shot 59, 64, 65, 65, 27 under tournament score of 253. He went from 22 in the world down to eight. Absolutely amazing. Same can't be said, unfortunately, for Tiger Woods. He signed a deal with TaylorMade Golf Clubs, but they didn't really help him out. He missed his first cut in his first real tour event home. Uh, back, the Farmers Insurance Open, which split Tory Pines, where he has won on numerous occasions. But he couldn't even make the cut. Either could Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, or Ricky Fowler, but John Brom. Now, watch out for this dude, this young Spanish guy. He's a bit of a head case. I mean, you can see his emotions are all over the place, which is sometimes, uh, if you can manage it, it's a really good thing. If you can't, well, then you might just go full Sergio. Anyway, he, he won the Farmers Insurance Open. He shot a final round that like just blew everyone away. He won by three in the end. Really, really talented player. And there's a guy for the future. Um, yeah, onto tennis. Well, like I said at the start of the show, there is, I just can't think of a better, uh, major title. When you consider all the role players, right? So you've got Serena vying for her 23rd title. You've got Venus who just keeps coming back. You expect her not to. They're just 36 like she's done. She just keeps coming and coming. Angelique Kerber's out because a youngster called Coco Vanderwey was having the tournament of her life. Vanderwey went all the way to the semis. Then she got up against Venus. And Venus was like, uh, we'll take it from here. So it was an all Williams sisters final again in the Grand Slam. The ninth time this took place. And then, well, a century, you know, that's what they say. History was just to follow after that. Here is Serena taking it home. This is for Grand Slam number 23. quite a lot but when you watch these two it doesn't get a lot better than this it really doesn't uh, earlier in the week I posted a picture I posted a, um, a video about how they grew up together and uh, it's it's just you, you can't help but feel emotional when you see such great things happening in sport this is Serena afterwards with trophy in hand I really would like to take the 
this moment to congratulate Venus. Um, she's an amazing person. There's no way I would be at 23 without her. There's no way I would be at one without her. There's no way I would have anything without her. She's my inspiration. She's the only reason I'm standing here today and the only reason that the Williams sisters exist. So thank you, Venus, for inspiring me to be, to be the best player that I could be and inspiring me to work hard every time you won this week. I felt like I got a win, too. So thank you so much. Um, it, thank you. And she deserves an incredible round of applause. She's made an amazing comeback. And... Yeah, she really has. But how about this? Back in 1992, this is what their dad was saying about them. Every champion at Leo has four main qualities, and she has all those qualities. And you can't teach them. You have to be born with them. You have to be rough. You have to be tough. You have to be strong. And mentally, you just have to be unbelievable sound. She has every quality to be a champion, and she will be. And that's why, what makes Venus Venus. And Serena, it's something like a pet bulldog. Uh, she does, once she get a hold to you, she won't let go. Serena plays Angus better than any woman or uh, any man I've ever seen play tennis. And she's so strong. And she hits the ball so well with a ground stroke. And her hands are just unreal. Serena probably would be a better player than Venus. Uh, that's not to compare my girls, but she will be. How about that? In 1992, they were 10, sorry, 11 and 12 years old were Venus and Serena. And, uh, well, it was just written, written in the, in stone, as they would say. Okay, uh, look, I really want to get like deep into this whole Australian Open because I just, I, I thought it was absolutely incredible. Um, just looking at the quick messages, uh, Mandela, I had my money on Nadal. I really thought Nadal was going to win yesterday and everything pointed towards him doing so. I just thought that if it got to five sets, there's not a chance that, uh, Roger would be able to really hold him off. But I mean, again, it was just so incredible the fact that these two were in that final and the fact that they put on a five set absolute thriller was, you know, it, again, like I found myself cheering for Federer towards the end. Like that's when you know you're really invested in how great a, a process this is, that I was willing to lose my bet. I had no problem with it either. Watching Federer win and now his 18th title. The guy is just such an absolute legend of the game. He's just an absolute legend of, of sport in general. And uh, 18 titles, that is four more than anyone else ever, ever in any era of tennis has achieved. So Roger at the age of 35, Serena at the age of 35, just doing, oh, well, it's just, it, it was a great day of sport yesterday. As a close, I've come to tearing up in quite, quite some time. It was just that good. So... That's pretty much a big wrap of what happened this month. Um, going forward, if you ever want me to cover any other kind of story or just like have any sort of input on the show, you're welcome to email me, ben at the bounce.co.za. And, uh, I'm, I'm happy to take a field any sort of uh, suggestions towards those things. Um, if you do want to just be in touch during the show or just tweet me at follow the bounce, uh, sometimes I go into a bit of a zone here and we have an hour is so short for a show, but. Feel free, Ben, at follow the bounce. Otherwise, uh, WeChat official on the Cliff Central account. Send three messages, just like the last one from Mandler. Anyway, that is your month of January in sports. Today's big interview is with uh, Sally Flanagan. Now, you might not know her because you probably don't do yoga. Now, I every month I write for a website called theshaveunion.co.za. You must have a look at this. Go to the blog section and you'll see basically my more creative sort of output. So I don't write about sport there. I write about just manly, manly stuff, manly men issues. And I recently wrote an article out of pure curiosity, why men should try yoga. Now, I don't want to bore Sally with this, so I'd rather just say it to you now before she comes in the studio. You know, I went through that whole men's health transformation thing. I, I got in like machine shape. Like I really, really felt good about myself. I, I looked good. I was strong. And then um life just kind of brought me back to the pack. I injured my shoulder. I couldn't do gym for a while. I then had to have some rehab on that and then buggered up my leg. Anyway, it was all bad, which leads me to where I am now, looking bad. So I'm keen to go back to the drawing board. I need to strengthen myself up again. I need to do some things. So I'm I'm so I'm I've always been experimental with this kind of stuff. So I had a look at this at yoga and I was doing some research and uh I've been asking around and it really does sound like very, very difficult 
to kind of adopt this kind of thing. But the benefits sound amazing. So Sally's going to come in here and she's going to debunk a couple of myths and uh, kind of inspire us guys, um, which is, I, I do believe, most of my audience, uh, to kind of just give it a fresh thought, give it some consideration, and more importantly, get stuck into it because there's massive benefits to be had here. So I'm going to play a little clip here while I welcome Sally into the studio. Basically, there's some myths and misconceptions about yoga and just some funny stuff about men doing yoga. And you know what? We can all relate to this because you think yoga, you think women, uh, there's no weights involved, so why bother? So while I play this, I'm going to get Sally into the studio and then we're going to have a big chat about this on the other side. Breathe. Is this a beginning spot? Breathe. I feel like I'm going to pull my, my hamstring right now. Oh, look, we're doing it. That, that is close. I have no friends that would ever touch a yoga mat. I do CrossFit. I heard you, you get like stretched and stuff. My mom tried to sign me up for an eighth grade class, but I refused. I've seen lots of women do it before, so I, I don't think it's going to be a big problem for me. It's just kind of sleeping, right? Hi, welcome. Hi, how are you? Good, I'm Emily. David, pleasure to meet nice you. Nice to meet you. Okay, I'll have you take off your shoes and socks. Put them back on later, don't worry. Yeah, as part of like the process? No, no, just when you leave. Oh, okay. <laughs> so let's go ahead and start in Tadasana, standing mountain pose. We'll spread the toes, so send your energy downward. Good. Exhale, forward fold. Lead with the heart. Come all the way down. Is that as far as you can go? This is as far as I can go. Okay. Oh. Inhale, halfway oh. lift. And now we'll do breath of fire. So this is a rapid inhale, exhale through the nose. Beautiful. That's it. We're done? No, no. Oh. You, you, you've got the first pose. Okay. So coming into cat and cow pose. Well, Did you say cat and cow? Cat and cow. Durga go. Dropping the belly, lifting the tail, lifting the gaze. Move. You don't have to move. I don't Exhale. have to move. <sighs> We're going to bend the left knee and grab the foot. Just grab it. Grab the foot. Right hand reaches overhead. Yeah, and stay with the breath. Keep breathing in and out through the nose. Right arm reaches up. Ready for the next move in that sequence? I don't know. I don't okay, think so. so we're gonna start with eagle pose. Cross the right thigh over the left and wrap the foot behind the left calf. Can you help me? Yeah, just wrap it around. Um, yeah. Wrap it behind the calf. And then cross the arms. And set the hips a little lower. Where's your drishti? My calves are burning. No giving up. Okay. And then we'll sit toward a squat, like chair pose. That's easy. And then we're going to bring the hands to the floor, resting our knee and hip on the elbows. So what? And just kick the feet apart. So hip and knee resting on the elbows. Okay, so if this sounds difficult to you, it's because it is. Um, I'll post this video on the blog post for, for this week's show. I've got to say, I've done yoga probably twice in my life. Um, and every time I, I keep, I've, I've seen this video about four times now. And I know it's like it's meant for comedic effect, but it's kind of true. But thankfully, I've got Sally here in studio with me. Thank you, Sally, for joining us today. It's my pleasure. It's good to be here. Right. Now, I... From my understanding, you are one of the great names of yoga here in the Greater Johannesburg region. What, what drew you to yoga to start with? Well, the real story is that I, um, I was bulimic and I was needing some kind of way of healing. And I heard that yoga was a very healing um, practice. So I was wanting to get well from an eating disorder. And I thought, well, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get well. Okay. And uh, yoga was something that... Um, that was kind of showed up when I asked the universe to bring me some answers to my prayers, not to get prayers, not a right, the right word, but you know, my, my intentions. But how do you get from the step of just doing yoga to then being someone who then dispenses the worldly knowledge and ability for others to do it as well? I mean, did, did it grab you so much that you felt this was now a calling rather than just something you did? Yeah, I've always been um, a, an avid sportswoman and a dancer. But when I when I did yoga, I realized it was really the language of my body and and my soul, and it it gave me so much. And after my first class, I felt something I'd never felt before: a sense of calm and a peace, and an exhilaration in my physical body that made me think, "My gosh, I need to share this with people. This is this is great." 
Sally, everything you just said there has petrified all men. Okay, yeah, no, totally. That's why I'm wondering, why did you get a woman? But I can. the reason why I can talk about men is because I teach them. Well, exactly. This is why I wanted you to come in and talk about this. So when you think exercise mostly for guys, all guys want to do, and I'm no, no um, exception to this, we kind of want to just become stronger, look better in a shirt, and that kind of stuff. So when you think yoga, the first instance is like, oh, you know, I don't want to be doing all that hippie stuff. You know, I've been, I've been reading through the internet and every time I, I, I type in misconceptions of yoga, <laughs> it is so consistent. Guys think it's a bit airy fairy. They're not going to become strong and it looks like too much hard work. If, if you were to say to a potential clients or whatever, guy says like yoga is not for me. What's the kind of go to as far as drawing them in? I think firstly it's the kind of studio you choose to go to because my studio has a very um it's, it's kind of it's quite clean it doesn't have a judgmental attitude about it but often people say to me well I'm not flexible why would I do yoga but I yeah. think yoga is about breathing the second thing I've noticed about men and yoga is that there needs to be firstly a little inkling of desire or curiosity for that for someone to walk into a yoga studio sure and if that's there then it's an amazing practice in the sense that it can be pretty cardiovascular mm-hmm. and all the yoga teachers are men. So people like names, I'll say that. But that's know. because of lots of women doing yoga. No, that's from back in the day in India. Putabi Joyce, BKS Iyengar, all these, all these really famous yogis that have kind of moved through the ages and now made it popular for women um, were men. Okay. So, and a lot of my, the, the guys that teach at my studio are, you know, they're not gay, um, they're straight and not that, you know, there's anything wrong with being gay because, but people think it's effeminate and yeah. that kind of thing. Exactly. But it's, they are amazing and they've got beautiful bodies. They are lean, but also, um, muscular. They're well defined. And, um, it's just a little bit more than the physical. You know, these men have got an insight into an understanding about themselves. That can help you in every aspect of your life. But that's what I find so interesting. And this is why, and you can hold me to this. I'm not going to double double back on this. This is why I want to get into it, right? Because when you think of modern men and everything that goes into life nowadays, everything's very stressful. It's very much uh, rushed completely from start to finish. From the time you wake up to you go to bed, you've got various things. Traffic, there's your work, there's expectations of what you must look like, all that kind of stuff. If you go to gym and you just hammer it out, right, you, there's a good chance you're going to get injured. You're probably doing the wrong weights, the wrong kind of stuff, and your form is not so great. So even if you do become bigger, you're not exactly being stronger. I've seen so many guys that have your sort of strap-on kind of muscles. You can just see it. They're doing curls. They're doing bench press. They're doing squats. Not a whole bunch of other stuff. The core is nowhere. When they get injured once, they're going to fall away. And then that's, that's where they become fat and after, after life, sorry, not after life, later in life. Whereas with yoga, from my understanding is when you get this whole thing about breathing, this is the whole understanding thing, right? Stress levels, you can really sort that out. You're developing focus. There's something that's also going to help you in life. And the whole cardiovascular thing and flexibility, from what I understand, you have those things and you have those things set in life. It turns to injury, minimal. So now you can enjoy your sports. You're already doing a whole lot more, right? Stop me from because this is what I've gathered so far. It sounds like you've been doing yoga for 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 a long no, time. No. This this is literally superficial <laughs> no, reading of a couple of days. So when I go through all these benefits, I think, well, why aren't guys doing it? Which then leads me to the next question: what uh, What's the stumbling block? If you were to be using yoga and it'd be really making effect on you, how many times a week essentially should you be doing it? I think three is good because that's that's manageable. I mean, there are lots of men that do yoga at my studio. I think three times a week is good. You get 90-minute classes and 60-minute classes. But like bearing in mind because guys will still want to like push weights, right? Yeah, yeah. This is why I'm asking this question is that guys will still want to go to the gym and still pump iron with their mates and that kind of stuff because they essentially want bigger muscles. You're not going to become bigger through yoga. Yeah, but you forget that yoga doesn't just work your body. It works your mind. So you, the thing is just to get there yeah. because – you can never tell. Maybe a guy, I've got some students that come once a week, every week, religiously, once a week, and they love it. And then there are other men that um, they come and they go, I've got, you know, I'm, I run and I go to gym and I do this and I do that. And as they practice yoga and they start to find that they're enjoying it and getting more of the benefits, their program starts to change just like organically because they're enjoying the, the yoga practice. So I don't think you should come with any goals, just sort of show up and and do a class, but do a lot of classes in a short space of time. And right. then you can get and try different styles. So starting out, it's not going to help you if you do like once a month, just like dipping your, your toe in the water, so, so to speak. So if you do it once a month, you're going to walk out of that room and you're going to 
in the next 24 hours you're going to be stiff. In the next 48 hours you won't be able to walk or brush your teeth like if you do any kind of exercise. And then you take a week to relieve that stiffness and then you come back and you get stiff again. So the best way to remedy um, stiffness from a yoga class is to come back and do it again. So maybe in the beginning there's going to be a little bit more commitment. But well, it's, it's like that everything you yeah, start. Yeah. You always think of the aches and pains. Okay, so when you when you start, you've got to commit. If you really want to get the benefit. No, you just got to go one, go to one class. Okay. You just got to show up to your first class and then, yeah, I suppose if you enjoy your first class, you'll, you'll go back. And if you don't enjoy your first class, what happens at my studio is we give a 10 day special, which is you have 10 consecutive days to do as much yoga in as you want. Okay. And that's so that you can do a lot of yoga in a short space of time and actually, um, Experience the benefits because you don't get it from 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 one class and the, the hot yoga especially it's extremely um, uh, cardiovascular and the room is hot so it, it's quite an intense environment and what can happen is you can feel nauseous a little bit lightheaded because you are releasing toxins the yoga is an amazing way to release toxins so you can you you know you you can get a headache afterwards and during the class and it can scare people off but as long as you rehydrate and um, yeah, rehydrate, that's the most important, and get a bit of rest, you come back and you can have a quite euphoric experience quite early on. Okay, so you bring up the warm yoga. So Hot yoga. Sorry, the hot yoga. It's not warm. It's not a, it's not a baked good. Um, so so what, what is the, the, the benefits of saying, if you again, if you're starting out, is the hot yoga something you should go into, or should you start with the usual sort of room temperature yoga? Oh, it, it's completely up to you. The, the thing with hot yoga, it's actually Bikram yoga, and um, that's the guy that started it, is that it is beginner's yoga. So it's a very simple form of yoga. People okay. are intimidated by it because it's difficult, but it's simple, and it's the most powerful yoga to um, heal your spine. Because, um, I think my spine needs healing. Yeah, yeah. You need a, if you've got a strong, flexible spine, you will have a strong and flexible life. Yeah. And we do a lot of backbending yoga, but they're simple backbends. It's not like you're trying to touch your head in between your feet and, you know, it's nothing like that. It's, and, and the key to a, um, a, a person continuing yoga is the teacher. Because that teacher on that thing, you can't have a teacher that's kind of being sort of, your teacher needs to be grounded and practical and um, has to be able to um, um, connect with the students and understand where all the different people are coming from. I can have a class where I've got a, like men that are in their 20s going up to men that are like 65, young women, middle-aged women. You know, it's really – and to be able to access all these different people and so that they feel like they're being understood and seen. You know, people want to be acknowledged. So if it's also if a teacher says, gee, well done, you're doing great, Ben. You're like, cool, man, I'm going to come back tomorrow. Exactly. You know, so it's, it's very good for self-esteem. I mean, it's it's working on so many different levels. All right. So, okay. So the Bikram yoga, the hot yoga is pretty much the first step you would say. That's a good one to get into because it's quite simple. It's very good for your spine. And there will be a lot of yoga teachers that will disagree with me. So you can do any Screw yoga. Them. You're here. You, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I believe, I, I'm believing you today. Yeah, so. but at my yoga studio, I offer all styles of yoga. So there's yeah. also flow yoga, which you can, which you could also try. Um, so that, you know, I say whatever time you free is the time of the yoga that you're going to go to, depending on. So what's, what's flow yoga? So flow yoga is when you, in Bikram yoga, you have 26 postures and you do each posture twice. The first um, hour is standing and then the next half an hour is lying on the floor and doing floor exercises. In a flow class oh, and in a Bikram class, you do that same routine every time. So the benefit of that is that you get to watch yourself um, improve and mm -hmm. make progress because yeah. of the repetition. There's a beautiful saying in yoga, through the repetition, the magic is forced to rise. So it's not maybe, it's going to happen to, so yeah. it's beautiful um so that's the that's the bikram it's very structured and you can get good results fairly quickly if you do it regularly and then flow uh, depending on your teacher you will have a different sequence every time you go to that class and that can be for a little bit intimidating because it's more like a dance sequence in a way in the sense that you don't know what's coming next Okay. So yeah. So let's stick to the bikram. <laughs> so what what kind of equipment are we looking at here to get started? What, what is needed? You can't just obviously rock up in a pair of jeans and go right. Let's do this. You just need a pair of shorts and a vest. Um, some guys like to do it in their in their swimming trunks. Some guys will do bikram in their speedo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so not much. Okay. At most studios, you can hire a mat. It's good to bring a towel if you're sweating, and obviously a bottle of water. Which you will. Yeah, you're gonna sweat. And um, so, yeah, it's it's quite low maintenance. You don't have to get your 
body service, like you need to service your bicycle, where yoga is the service. Okay. And are there any sort of yoga etiquettes that guys coming off the streets or from the gym should be aware of going into these classes? Again, because breaking down these stereotypes is a very daunting place. <laughs> yeah, I think humility goes a long way. And just having the, the, the balls to walk in and, and just, you know, just, just listen. Yoga is a brilliant practice for, for learning to listen. And um, the more you can become quiet in your mind and just listen to the teacher's instructions, the more you'll benefit from the practice. So it really is about just taking some time to turn off all your ideas and conceptions of the way you think things are in the world and to just become completely open, okay. which is a vulnerable experience. But you could, but you know, my studio has a very um, social vibe about it. So there are the men in the in the in the passage before you go in, and you know, yeah, it's 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 incredibly beneficial. It's it's good for your sex life. I mean, we could go. I've got a quite. A, it's very good, very good for lots of things. Well, uh, touching on the vulnerability again, if you can, like, I I just find here where, where we work at Cliff, at Cliff Central, this is not a place to be vulnerable. This is not a place to, to be sensitive. You know, we completely unrestricted and all our guests find that out within about two minutes in the morning show. If guys can drop that, obviously you're going to get a lot more sort of um, sense of security, you know, a lot more sort of confidence coming through. Do you find that obviously guys are a lot slower in, in breaking those barriers down to then when, say, women come to your classes? Yeah, I think there's just because men um, are less um, emotionally um, mature than women, and that's a bit of a generalization, but men are not yeah, really I know you're not talking about me. You're talking to, about, no, yeah. you look quite sensitive. <laughs> I know that um, men are not encouraged to feel, and you've got to have this macho, and you're the providers and all that. But what I, what I find is, is that when, when men come to yoga, what happens with yoga is it's not like going to therapy where you have to talk about it, because I know that's not that's – not, people's kind of cup of tea mm. it happens subconsciously so through the postures you have to follow your breath just inhale exhale it happens through your nose you don't breathe through your mouth so you follow your breath and you find stillness in the posture and those are the only two things you need to concentrate on and when that happens energetically your body is moving energy is moving through your body and emotions get trapped in the body in all our different organs and as and you can release those things without knowing what you're releasing or how it's happening but it's happening so it's working on a, a completely unconscious or subconscious level and that's why you can feel a bit tearful i've had men that have been you know they've had like they've felt quite emotional people who are tend to have anger stuff or or, or aggression it can really help because by the, the stillness that you um, experience and practice in yoga, you get to translate that into your life. So, for example, if you are having an argument with someone, instead of just acting out of impulse and reacting, in, the yoga teaches you to just pause and take a breath and then have a mindful response. That's fascinating. Again, it's like… And it works. It's true. It's amazing. We become so guarded as men about these kind of things because you've got the mentality of, well, I'm just going to suck it up or I'm much tougher and smarter than that. So guys actually really are breaking down emotionally in the classes. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, it's not like complete chaos, but, it, and it can be subtle, but, yeah. um, but, but I but definitely it's, find it's a, it's a powerful enough kind of experience that it can elicit such emotions. So publicly, yeah, yeah. I get. And people who come in with that are slightly round-shouldered—that's obvious. That's usually symbolic of a slight closing in your heart area. And yoga is great for improving posture. And just through practice, you start to see people their energy bodies trans transform. You know, you can see someone in, in a room. Like you look at someone, you think, "Gosh, that," and you're drawn to them. It's because of their energy. So it's not tangible, but it's got to do with posture and just you know the way someone's living their life about you know how you choose to eat and the thoughts you choose to think and and the actions you choose to take so yoga helps to create a lot of self-awareness and exactly and that self-awareness then can say double over into something like a diet right some people have issues about they're eating the wrong things or wrong quantities but you get that self-awareness you kind of really it really hits home that's not good for me my body doesn't quite need that and suddenly yeah. you've got the discipline as well because now you're getting focus yes so this sounds like it's one of those amazing sort of things that just keeps doubling back on itself so the benefits yeah. are almost compounding yeah but the word discipline is an interesting word because it's not a it's not a it's not a word that i like to use in my in in relation to yoga because what happens is um it's more grace through practice 
things like, um, say you feel like you drink too much alcohol. Yeah. It's not so much a white knuckling discipline kind of behavior that, that, that happens. It's more through the practice. Your life evolves and transforms as a result of just practice. So there's a bit of discipline that would, that it takes to actually get onto your mat. But as far as the benefits, it's kind of like it happens as a result of. All right. Checkpoints in closing. You need to arrive. You just need to get on the mat. Okay, that's your first step. From there, you've got to be a little patient. You've got to understand there's some vulnerability around this. And uh, from there, the process is just going to sort of unwind. There's nothing else you can really, you know, you don't want to get too too precious about what's going to come in. No, you don't no. want to expect too much. It's just I, about getting on the mat. I would like to just say that a lot of people think, oh, I say come to yoga and they go, well, I can't even touch my toes. So that's not really the point because it's about breathing. So if you can breathe, you can do yoga and then the amount of stretching that you do is relevant and only to the amount of flexibility that's currently present in your body. So if it's just about the individual. Like you will get more flexible in your body and it'll increase the blood flow, which will help your digestion and which will help to, you know, food cravings can become less. Um, it's really good for a good smell because you're releasing toxins. You know, if you eat a lot of garlic and smelly foods, you can have a horrible smell. So the, you can actually start to you smell better after a yoga class. Um, for sportsmen, it's fantastic because Bikram always says if you're going to do, you can play tennis and squash and rugby and whatever, but you must do yoga because that will help to prevent, to prevent injury. Well, so it's exactly. I think yeah. if I'd known this three years ago, I'd be a better state yeah. than I am right now. Yeah. It's, and then you can, and, it, and then when you do go for a run, you are so aware of your body that you know when it's time to slow down, when it's time to push. Um, I had a, a student once who's no longer with us, but he used to, he was a rower and he used to say that yoga was his secret weapon. Because he had his breath and the awareness and yeah, it's, 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 it's powerful. And then there are the non-physical benefits, obviously, which is to, for, for, it can, um, you can access your creativity in a yoga class because you stop the thinking mind. And then when you stop the thinking mind and you just go into that quiet open space, you can access stuff that you can't when your mind is busy. Yeah. No smartphones in the studio, no Brilliant. Apple watches, people checking their heart rates. It's not about that. You know what I mean? So this yeah, is great. It's cool. All right. Last thing. This is where you can plug the hell out of wherever you are because this I like I, I'm I'm sold. I, I think it's a lovely idea. Mostly because I've tried absolutely everything. Like I've always guinea pigged myself out for these things. I've never given yoga more than that one hour cursory uh, class which broke it. me in two. Yeah, you're, a, I mean, you've got the body type. I, I think it's can be intimidating for people that are a bit overweight, but, but really it's for everybody because you, you don't want to be, if you, if you're not enjoying your life, do something different that's going to create vitality. So if you've always wanted to do yoga, go to a yoga class because sure. things that are new create vitality. And yeah, you've got, you've got everything you need really. It'll help with your injuries. I hope so. You're pretty lean. You don't yeah. know what you have to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think you'll enjoy it. Okay. So where can people find you? Uh, my yoga studio is at the Thraps Ilova Shopping Center. It's um, Yoga Experience. And, uh, oh my gosh, I used to work like right there. Again, yeah. I mean, if you can turn back three years. Okay, yeah, so. to, yeah, we've been there for 13 years. It's just an absolutely rocking yoga studio. There's sometimes 50 people in a class. It's, a, it's, it's tremendous. And then there's smaller classes with only 10 people. Um, the benefit of doing yoga in a group is that you've got that energy. It's an amazing atmosphere. Some classes are with music. Some classes are not with music. And then I've got wonderful friends, yogi friends all over Joburg. So there's the Yoga Republic in Randburg. Um, there's the home of yoga in Four Ways, Living Yoga in Craigle Park. There's yoga for everyone in Cape Town. Um, yeah, that's, it's, it's big. There's yoga. There's just yoga everywhere. There's yoga at gyms. There's, there's yoga in the park with Stephen Heyman. He does yoga on, on rooftops in Bromfontein. So it's also quite a nice social thing to do. Cool. And then are you on social media at all? We can find you on that. Yeah. It's, um, Bikram, what's it? Yoga experience on Facebook. Okay. Um, yeah, that's my Facebook page. And Twitter? Nothing like that? No. All right. So just Facebook, yoga yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a little, I'm 41. I'm not in that, in that, um, that, that age group. All right, Sally. No worries. Okay. So Facebook, yoga experience. Find Sally there. If you've got any, in any, any other interesting questions. Otherwise, uh, become yoga and it over. Yeah. Cool. The yoga experience. Okay. Mm.
Yeah, um, Sally, that was brilliant. Uh, all my kind of questions have been, have been answered. I hope yours have too. Uh, that's it for this week. Next week, back into February. So back into gearing up for Super Rugby. We are playing Super Brew this year, as I told you a few weeks ago. Uh, so tell all your friends, the more people I can get in this group, the better the prizes are. You know, that's how it works. People just want to see numbers, numbers. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun though, because this is the year where I think we're all going in with the least amount of expectations. So every week I'll be giving you tips, things to look out for. Trying to make it easy for you if you've never played Super Brew ever before. Well, this is the time to start. And if you have been playing for many, many years and you really have become quite a Jedi, brilliant. Bring it all because we all got a good fighting chance. That's it for me. Um, catch me every Monday to Friday here on Cliff Central uh, for the morning show 6 and 9 with Gareth Cliff. Otherwise, download the app if you haven't done it already. And if you are listening live, brilliant. Um, as a, as a, as a, a treat, if you are listening live... Um, no, we've run out of time. Anyway, we're gonna we're gonna close out with uh, Roger Federer and uh, Rafael Nadal, and what an incredible, incredible final that was. Catch you back next week. It's amazing to be through to a final of Grand Slam again here in Australia. That's the first of the year, and it means a lot to me. Is I feel the love of the people here. I guess Rafa and myself, we both just said, okay, enough of this already. Let's get back to 100%. Let's enjoy tennis again, enjoy the practice. Not just practice, treatment, practice, treatment. All you're doing is just uh, fighting the fire. I think both of us deserve to be in that final. It was a great, great fight. It's a special play with Roger again in the final round. I cannot lie, you know. I understand the magnitude of the match against Nadal. Let's enjoy all this because probably will not happen again. <laughs> One of the greatest competitors our sport has ever seen against the man who's transfigured this modern game. Looking for Grand Slam number 18 is Federer. Against a man who's taken the modern power baseline game to dizzying heights. Rafael Nadal is ready to serve down the far end. The clinical artistry of the North versus the passionate macho Spaniard of Southern Europe. Oh, Nadal's found a wonderful serve himself. Oh, it's high-pressure tennis, this. Nadal's ready, goes up the line and makes the winner. Winner from Federer. My word, he is right in the zone at the moment. match with Rafa again uh, doing it here in Australia that I can still do it at, at my age after not having won a slam for almost five years being honest in this kind of matches I won a lot of times against him today <laughs> he beat me and uh, just congratulate him um, but Rafa definitely has been very particular in my career and I think he made me a, big, a better player it remains for me the ultimate challenge to, to play against him the way that he played, he can put the balls in or not. And uh, he put a lot of balls in, taking a lot of risks and taking the ball very early, playing very fast. So then he, he had the success. And, uh, well done for him. We, we spent a lot of time, you know, talking about how am I going to get back to 100% and if I did, what it will require to, to win a Grand Slam. So now we made it and we're going to be partying like rock stars tonight, I can tell you that. <laughs> Sing on. You're listening to the Bounce Show. It's live. Well, not this bit, but it's live on CliveCentral.com. Um, it's Cliff Central, Platt. <clears throat> Sorry, scrap that, delete it. CliffCentral.com. CliffCentral.com.